We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, uh, the 24th, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing out there on the the other coast? Doing well. It's cold. 26 degrees in, in Atlanta's Ooh. cold. So sure. uh, it's uh, but no, things are things are heating up. Um, I think things are starting to come together a little bit. We, we talked about by the end of Friday, by the end of this week, we might have some news. It's uh, though every day that it starts inching by, you're like, Ugh, it's you know, no, nobody's broken yet. You know, no. I mean, it, it, there's a bunch of head coaching op- openings. Nothing, nothing has happened yet. So uh, we'll see. I still think I still think we'll have some some clarity by Friday. Heck, I will take some news on the uh, the second round. I thought we had some breaking news yesterday with uh, Sean Payton uh, going to be in Denver for the second round of interviews. I'm like, oh, well, there it is. That was expected. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, no, 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 no. Everybody at the NFL connected to the Broncos or whatever. Somebody released the exact same thing at the exact same time saying, no, the Broncos are slow playing this. They haven't finalized anything. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? It was kind of weird how coordinated um, the information was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, there, there's a comment in here I wanted to hit on. Um... Let me see who it was. It was earlier. It was, I think it was Tofu 17 coming in here. Something like this is, you know, if the ownership isn't hundred percent sold on Peyton after the first round of interviews, that they want to get a second round of interviews before hiring, then is he worth giving up picks to get? Um, And again, this is a very, you know, this, this isn't against you, Tofu. Thank you for the comment, but this is mm-hmm. a very narrow sighted view of things where, we're the only ones hiring. We have our choice of candidates. We're going to bring in three and decide between them. This is an interview process that goes both ways, y'all. Mm-hmm. This is the candidates are interviewing the Broncos as much as the, con- the Broncos are interviewing the candidates. This is doing due diligence and not putting your eggs all in one basket and then finding out that, hey, Sean Payton took a different job and we don't have any other interviews lined up and we got to start from scratch. So this is absolutely the way you do things again. Sean Payton's going to get a nine-figure contract yeah. coming out. Nine figures. Do you make that decision without at least meeting him more than once in person? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's again, it's it's due diligence. Get it right. You know, if, uh, if, if you're worth it, they'll wait. You know, if this is the right spot, they'll, they'll wait. Um, and right now, nobody's hired a head coach yet. Um, no. Dan Quinn uh, was announced that Indianapolis Colts have uh, – 
or bringing him in for a second interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was put in there that he was basically a finalist for the Denver Broncos job too. Um, from one of the Colts writers out there. So uh, Dan Quinn could be one of the, it looks like he'll, he'll be one of those three that we've talked about too. But he's and the, the first other... announced, really announced finalist for the Colts. Yeah. And uh, Dan Quinn is being flown out and uh, interviewing with the Arizona Cardinals today as well. Tom Pelissero uh, interview or broke that news about an hour ago. So uh, Dan Quinn's market's heating up. Obviously, that's important because uh, the Broncos are interested in him. He's a fine coaching candidate this cycle. And also because the Cowboys lost, he can interview in person, unlike D'Amico Ryans, who can't interview in person until the 49ers are out of the playoffs, which who knows? Uh, we got some people we want to say hello to in here. We got Ethan saying good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Never get much credence to anonymous polls. I think they're interesting to talk about. And also it kind of breaks things up uh, where we have something to lean on on these shows. So that's always good. Bradley Congress and Broncos country. Let's wait. Absolutely. The waiting is getting a little bit long, but hey, it's uh, still news. Uh, Jeremy Sean saying morning, boys. These rankings are ranked by executives that have a self-interest. It's actually more of a good sign we are forth. We'll get into that. I'm not sure about that, but uh, we'll see. Vintage Jeff saying these people are always have the Bills rank of the Super Bowl favorites. How is that working out for them? These people know nothing. I mean, they know something because they they are uh, working in the league and there's obviously self-interest like uh, Jeremy mentioned, but it's still interesting to take the poll on that and hear the reasons why. And it's one thing that I, I guess we can get into it now. So the uh, Mike Sando, uh, I think 14-year NFL writer, uh, works for The Athletic, does a couple podcasts with uh, former NFL GMs on The Athletic as well. He gathered a poll uh, with executives and coaches and people around the league in an anonymous poll uh, asking the these people to rank the head coaching vacancies that are open right now. And uh, he has the Panthers, Texans, Colts, Broncos, and Cardinals as the five. Obviously, this pretty much a, a lower number uh, than you typically see for the head coaching vacancies. But anyway, the ranking that he has here, it's the Houston Texans, number one, Carolina Panthers, number two, Indianapolis Colts, three, Denver Broncos, four, and Arizona Cardinals, five. None of these are that appealing to me. Um, personally, every single one has issues, but that's why they are being fired. We don't have a team that fired a coach that made it to the playoffs this season. And that's typically you see at least one of those a lot of seasons. So only five, and uh, he has the Broncos fourth out of the five, according to the anonymous poll. Yeah, uh, the anonymous poll. Again, and part of it, remember, if you're a general manager, if your team isn't ready right now, where would you rather be? I- I've talked about the intriguing prospect of being the Houston Texans right now. 12 mm-hmm. picks, salary cap space. You got all of Cleveland's picks for three years. You know, that is a very interesting one. So, a lot of it depends on where do you think the Broncos roster is right now because they're not in the best spot for 2023 to begin a rebuild, mm-hmm. you know, where they've already crashed and burned. But why? Okay. Why? You know, Houston, some of these teams is basically mismanagement. They're talent poor. I don't think we really believe that with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. some holes in this team, but it's not the, the dearth of talent at the Houston Texans. You know, the Carolina Panthers, that one's as much. The Carolina Panthers might be closer to Denver than the Houston Texans as far as personnel goes. They've got some good pieces on defense, et cetera, et cetera. They're in a position to go get a new quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to, do you think Russ can play in 2023 or not? 
Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of people do not because you can't move on from his contract. So I can't begin the rebuild in 2023. And if he, if I'm tied to him for the next season and he's not all that great, then I'm in trouble. Yeah. So what? It's so, still a, so what? Yeah. Again, that's a, that is a very short sighted, narrow minded, quick. My job is on the line view. It's not yeah. a, I'm going to be a fan for the rest of my life. And I'm looking at the next decade do i want to be the denver broncos or not this team is set up to hit the reset button in 2023 it could go bad again next year and the coach would be in a similar position to where those other teams are now except you're the denver broncos and you've got more pieces in place again the polls are fine what do you think you can get out of all all that you should be worried about with 2023 is what are your expectations for for russell wilson yep if they're not high look for 2024 because that's that's when they're going to hit the freaking nuke button. Yeah. And get, we'll get into that real quick. But first, I want to read what uh, the article has to say here. A quote, Denver has the best tradition and the new owners seem aggressive and willing to spend. But I think Wilson is washed and the lack of draft capital is holding them back. The defense is very good. But Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert aren't going anywhere in that division. Move up the Broncos if you think the next coach can salvage Wilson at age 34. The Walmart money is a draw and leadership can say they did. The new coach uh, could report directly to the ownership. But there is no getting around the massive long-term extension with Wilson and the diminished draft capital. Wilson's production decline dates to the 2020 season, spanning multiple coaches and systems now. His His athleticism has greatly diminished, and the drama that followed Wilson through his final days in Seattle and through his first season in Denver further downgrades the appeal for candidates. Wilson does seem to be a diligent worker at the very least. That could separate him from Arizona's uh, Kyler Murray, whose contract was notorious for the homework clause. Uh, in- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Included in the initial version. So really, I mean, like you said, Scott, Scott said before we started, he hadn't read this, but you hit the nail on the head. This is a view of the league on Russell Wilson more than anything else. And that's what the article states as such as well. Ownership's good. This is a proud franchise. Obviously you're a little bit concerned about if the 
goal is to win the division. It's going to be pretty damn hard with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes there the next 15 seasons. I mean, we even got a preview of what elderly Mahomes looks like in the AFC divisional round when he's playing on one leg and he was still freaking amazing. <laughs> really, really frustrating. Uh, but it's, it's an indictment on Wilson and you mentioned it. Do you think Russell Wilson is salvageable? That's the first question. The second one is you mentioned, so what, but for the coaching coming in here, let's say Wilson sucks next year's season or is as bad as he was next year as he was this year or worse. I mean, with the diminishing skill set they're talking about here in the article, then you cut him, then you're cuffed really financially cuffed for two years after that. So really it's a three year. Is it two really it's, though? I mean, is it, is it really two? Because I mean, there, there is some dead cap there, but you do get a little back, you know, you do it a, a, a June one. Um, it's not quite as bad. It's still as, a lot. I've, but I've seen, we've yeah. seen worse. <laughs> yeah. It's just hard to, it's hard to win when you have that much dead cap. Um, yeah. Luckily the cap will explode. What it would mean. Um, but it's not the 80 million, 90 million. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's less than that. Um, I mean, significantly less than that, a post June one designation or whatever you have to do. You might not even do a post June one. If you were reading the contract, remember, uh, Tell me about real quick while you're looking that up. I want to say good morning to Michael Rankio coming in with some stars breaking the ice for us on Facebook. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure getting us getting us started on here. Um, I don't know that the, the other one that kind of gets me is, you know, when when folks say I've been watching Russell Wilson decline for years, of course, you know, this or for the last two years, he's been on the way. I'm like, this is different, though. This, this isn't what we're talking about. If you had gotten the worst version of Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks, the worst version in Denver, you're, you're probably a playoff team. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not talking about or we're not. I don't think anybody is really talking about. Can you get Russell Wilson back to Pro Bowl form? OK, maybe, maybe not. I'm not necessarily counting on that. Can you turn him into a serviceable, serviceable middle of the road Fifth, 10 to 15 starter again in the NFL. Yeah, I think you can. I, I think it's yeah. it's definitely in him. If you get more than that, it's great. You didn't need this team didn't need a top five quarterback. You paid for a top five quarterback. Paid for that's one. that's yeah. beyond, you know, that's and both financially and with draft picks. That's done. That's done. It's not happening. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't do that back. You overpaid. There's no getting around that. Yeah. But does this team need a serviceable quarterback in this team's 500 at worst last year at the yeah. worst last year. And it, it, there's no reason why this team can't improve from where it was last year for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And looking at the contract again, just getting into that with my point of you'd be tied to Russell Wilson in some way for the next three years, whether it be, you know, he's good next year and you keep him or you move on from him. Uh, you get no cap savings moving on from him at all for 2024 with a post June 1st release with a 2024 dead cap hit of 35.4 million and a 2025 dead cap hit of 49.6 million. So again, this is worst case scenario, but that's a, that's a big chunk there. And that doesn't include anybody else that you'd move on from with a dead cap. So you really wouldn't be clean again from a cap perspective until uh, 2026. And that would be three years in the future, which at that point, I mean, that's, you know, you, you could be on a new coach by then. So I get the argument here um, from how that would impact you still. I think the Broncos ownership and the money that they have and the roster strength that they have and the fact that they have all their 2024 draft capital here. I think 
that it, it, you can make an argument for any of these teams being one through five, in my opinion. I mean, you have and to win Jimmy or say football with the Focus had the Broncos number one because they thought Russell Wilson was the best quarterback that would be available to any of these teams next year. Yep. Yep. Then that's the other thing. All these teams, they're bad. They're bad this year. <laughs> so it's really, I don't think it's that much of an indictment uh, picking, ranking them one through five if they're four or they're one uh, because. I don't think any of these jobs, all these jobs have flaws right now on question marks, and it's just going to be about the right fit. Kevin Gray coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. Uh, we should know by Thursday. Well, we should know about the, hopefully the second round of interviews, but we'll see. Uh, we got Rello country saying, if the Broncos cannot land Sean Payton, they could quickly pivot to a surprise candidate. Would be wise to give Jim Caldwell a consideration to be the next head coach or David Shaw. We'll see what happens. I think that I've heard uh, Jim Caldwell impressed in his interviews, but he does seem to be the, fourth candidate on the list uh, in comparison to that of uh, David Shaw and Dan Quinn and Sean Payton. I do wonder though, Scott, and this is maybe how many tinfoil hats can we put on during this head coaching search, but we got the news that, okay, the Broncos, Sean Payton's going to interview here. Oh no, 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 he's not. I think that could be somewhat protecting face for the Broncos in case Sean Payton does go elsewhere, because I think they already backed themselves a little bit into a corner with saying that we're going to take a big swing and these are the guys we're after. And if you get none of them, that's a bad look for a very wealthy ownership group. You yeah, should take a you, you took a swing. You, yeah, you struck I, I agree. Out. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, but my other thought here, just again, tinfoil hat. Maybe the Broncos are pretty in, impressed with uh, D'Amico Ryan's uh, in his interview. We have not heard very much about that, uh, but he's a, the one candidate on this list who has interviewed with the Broncos that you would have a delayed timeline with him. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't have a second interview, in person interview with him for a bit. If he really impressed you, you would probably slow play things a bit here because you want to get him back in for a second interview. Now I have not heard any connection to this, no whispers of this. This is purely speculation on my end, but I'm just curious your thoughts on that. You can basically come to an agreement. They've changed the rules. When the Atlanta Falcons hired Dan Quinn, it was radio silence. It mm -hmm. was, it was nothing. It's like, okay, well, and it was just assumed they've already got their guy. They're just mm -hmm. waiting for him to be done. Um, you know, you weren't allowed to say it because that's tampering or whatnot. And you can't do it officially, but it was, it was already done. Um, D'Amico Ryan's is number two. He's moved up to number two on my list. Honestly, you know, I'm not quite as, as, as three thrice shy as Broncos fans. Cause I haven't been through this the whole time with first time head coaches. You know, I, I came in in the middle of that. I started covering this team with y'all in Fangio's third year, Nathaniel Hackett. To me, it wasn't so much as he was the first coach. It's just that he was again, I want to say offensive coordinator, but that usually think. Whenever you say the word offensive coordinator, you're typically thinking someone who's at least calling plays. That's like a bare minimum. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he may have been coordinating the offense, but he wasn't running the offense. That's that's yeah. game day management and game day decisions and quick thinking and stuff you've got to do on the fly. Yeah. He didn't have the experience doing that at Green Bay that to be successful. He had it in the past and had a good year in Jacksonville, but... You know, there, there was not always shining things to say. And he, and he had Aaron Rodgers. That's a yeah. big red flag. Uh, D'Amico Ryans has the personnel to be a really good defense in in San Francisco. They lose DJ, DJ Jones. They lose Kwan Williams. They've two lost very DeForest good players. Buckner. DeForest they Buckner, too. Yeah. They're, they're as good as they've been. Um, and again, you watch the way the players respond to him. And just, you know, you've talked about doing the background on him and the leadership. I've seen him since he was in high school at Alabama all the way through. He is an impressive man. Yeah. I like D'Amico Ryans a lot. 
it'll be interesting to see what happens with him uh, this cycle. Uh, maybe a lot of these teams get stir crazy and don't hire him. Also, I don't. Maybe it was James Palmer had that article I released yesterday that uh, the longer this process draws out, the more likely it is that Sean Payton goes back to Fox. We'll see what happens. Um, I think that right now my gut keeps saying it's going to be Dan Quinn for Denver, but uh, who knows? Um, this has been a it's getting drawn out, no doubt about that. But uh, it's been an int- interesting, fun uh, interview process, no doubt. Alessandro coming in. Good morning. Oh, Good to sorry. see you, Alessandro. He was saying he would, Alessandro is on, all on the Sean Payton bandwagon. I thought that's kind of yeah. where we were talking about this one. YouTube yeah. user, uh, I'm not sure he's signing. He says, Good morning, Nick and Scott. Lots of fully capable guys to coach our team. Just don't want to give up all our draft capital because we desperately need to rebuild our offensive line or Russell will struggle. And I saw that triggered Colin, who had his feelings hurt yesterday. I apologize, Colin. It was actually String Guy that I was answering to. You just got me started. And String Guy and I have worked that out. Um, it's not, th- th- again, the key is there's a line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's the binary. I'm not, I don't want to give up a draft pick for a coach mentality that is prep. It's, it's, it's here mm-hmm. because that's not the way people typically do, do business. And as YouTube user, sorry, we don't know who you are. I don't want to give up all of our draft picks. We can call them picks, y'all. There, there's no other capital other than picks. Draft picks, because we desperately need to rebuild our offensive line. Again, there's a line. I wouldn't want to give up all of your draft picks either. Yeah. But a late first, like almost a second rounder, this could end up being 30 or 31. <clears throat> 28, 29, 30, 31. For a, a proven head coach, the easily the most proven head coach available, one of the most proven head coaches available in a long time. You know, when's when's you guys talk about Peyton Manning? When when is a player like when does a coach like this become available? When does a player like Peyton Manning become available and why? He had a broken neck. That's that's a concern. Yeah, yeah Sean Payton's got his concerns, but as far as the track record goes, there's no one else even close to this. Maybe Jim Caldwell, who's got 10 years on him, who's a, a three-year coach, maybe. Um, but no, you, you don't want to give up all of your picks. Of course not. Uh, but I've been saying all along, you can give up a first. You can address where you really need the help the most, which is on the interior offensive line in the middle of the rounds and free agency, those guys, relatively speaking, compared to skill position players, tackles, tackles. edge rushers, they're cheap. And you'll, you'll have, you'll have the ability to get those guys. Yep. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, well, hopefully some coaching and development will improve too. I mean, we saw it last year from going from Mike Munchak to Butch Berry, same exact guys in the offensive line regressed. Yeah, the talent is still there. Uh, was the same. I guess we're going to see some overturn at left guard and stuff this season, but 
hopefully the coaching will improve as well. Also, Russell Wilson's play style doesn't bring the best out of the offensive line. It makes their job harder, but we'll see what it looks like in a new scheme. They definitely protected it a little bit more. The that's last an adjustment. Years. That's an yep. adjustment that takes some time. We we overlooked all of these things. You know, yep. the adjustment it takes to play offense is not easy, let alone when everything is new, including a guy coming in and running an offense that hasn't called plays in years. I agree with you to an extent, but then you see Peyton Manning take six weeks, but then they are on fire Peyton after Manning. that. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowls for a season. That's Tom Brady. Matt, Tom Matt Brady Stafford. Peyton Manning. Matt Stafford. <laughs> Another one. Uh, but it just didn't expect it to be that bad. But they looked like they started to get things together down the stretch there. We were hoping on that uh, small sample size, which we can. Good morning, Broncos country from Bama X. Just got the best news of the week so far. Bill O'Brien is out of Tuscaloosa, T-Town. Now if Denver could just land a head coach, my week could be complete. Yeah, Bill O'Brien is on his way to be the offensive coordinator with the New England Patriots. He's been there before. And congratulations. What's good news for you, Bama? It's good news for me, Iowa. I think uh, Iowa's offensive coordinator... Brian Ferentz might be on his way to New England as well. He was the tight ends coach underneath Bill O'Brien when they had uh, Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Uh, so it that's would not surprise me in the least if Nick Saban was getting some kickbacks on some of these contracts. They share agents. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why these guys go to go to, to go to Saban for a year mm-hmm. and then and then come back out. You know, I mean, you'd think Nick Saban would get tired of rolling through corners. He did it all the time, except for Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart's the only one I ever knew that could could match what Nick Saban asked of his assistants for more than one year. He churns through them. He always has. But yeah. it wouldn't surprise me a bit if Nick Saban's agent was kicking back him a piece of the action on this. Because what an internship. You want to go do a one-year internship for, for Nick Saban, you're going to come out of it with a promotion. Yeah. Absolutely. Zach Powers coming in saying, we don't have to talk about the head coach's search again, do we? I can't wait for Scott Senior Bowl clips. Well, they're coming, but uh, there's was some new news on the uh, head coaching stuff that we got into. And it's just, you know, it's a headline. You guys dictate the chat. You all know that. So if you have anything else you want to talk about, hit us, hit us in the chat. Jamal Killings. Good morning, fellas in Broncos country. Good to see you. We got Epic Gamer coming in. Man, he's got to have a, uh, a donation streak coming in here. Thank you so much. And maybe uh, what are they? Killtacular is what they called it on Halo when you did really good saying uh, good morning. This this is the Epic Gamer uh, reference here. So good morning to you. Epic well, I, Gamer. I, got, I didn't get the reference, but I got the context. Yeah. So I used to play a lot of Halo back in the day. That was a fun, fun time. Uh, we got our guy- a little bit after me. I was uh, I, I, I was one of the original Dooms and then okay. Duke Nukem. And there was one in between there that I cannot remember. Anyway, doesn't matter. First person shooters. Yeah, a lot, lot of Halo. Most of my time was spent playing uh, NCAA football. God, I played so much NCAA football. Uh, there was a mode where you could play classic games, uh, where like there was the Holiday Bowl and whatever year where SMU came back. That f- they were like down forty-five to ten, and they won in the fourth quarter. That was the most fun to try to come back. And then I'd like to rebuild SMU because they kind of had the Mustang Bronco thing going on. I was pretty young when that happened, but uh, we got Mark Schrader coming in twenty dollars. Good to see you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. Always appreciate you coming in and saying hello. Hope you're really, hopefully you're doing well down there in Texas. Uh, hopefully it's not too cold there. We got a cold spell coming up in Seattle. Uh, Scott's freezing out there in Atlanta, but hopefully Texas, you got a nice mild winter coming. Are going yeah, Good to see you, Mark. It's been a while. I, I noticed you came in on one of my, my YouTube uh, videos. It's great to see you. Glad you're back. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, we appreciate you, Mark. Appreciate the, uh, the like on Facebook as well. Had a beautiful sunset with uh, Rainier last night with a giant lenticular cloud with half of it being pink from the sunset and the other half being orange. It was pretty awesome. Keith Brugman coming in. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning to you, Keith. We got Ryan Slavic coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. I think Quinn is going to the Cardinals. Ryan's to the Texans. 
Steichen to the Panthers and the Broncos get Sean Payton. IDK just gut feeling. Certainly possible. Uh, who knows? And then also Palacero. Uh, here we go, Scott. This is just what I was talking about here. We're like, oh, the Broncos are slow playing it. Interesting. Why would they want to do that? Uh, Eric Matheny, Eric and I go back a ways. Good to see you, Eric, saying Tom Palacero was just on NFL Network and said not to count out the Broncos on D'Amico Ryans. It it makes I, I Jeremy's in here all the time. He would he would back me up on this. I said D'Amico Ryans, and don't make the mistake of letting him, and hopefully he's smart enough to not just hire all his buddies yeah. and go get a 60-year-old coordinator to be a right-hand man who's got former head coaching experience. Go do it. I mean, the one that sticks out to me for, uh, I know he hasn't been the most successful here, but just as far as the leadership goes and running an organization, Anthony Lynn has been an offensive coordinator in multiple places. He's been a head coach, and he's the running backs coach for the 49ers right now. Uh, I think... There you go, and there's a promotion. You yeah, know, I mean, look, look at it and say, who's up and coming? You know, Brian Greasy got mentioned. Yep. You know, as, as someone that there, and, and he's that might still be a little green for our taste, yeah. but yeah. when you're looking at who, who could it be? Look at guys that he's come up with that are good. That would get a promotion by moving. Yep. And also D'Amico was with the Texans during Gary Kubiak's time there. So you have that whole tree as well. Uh, so it'll definitely be, I think something from that cloth. If you brought in D'Amico Ryan's Michael Ronquillo saying, I want the Broncos to hire the right guy before we make the same mistake again. That's the thing about the head coaches, right? Uh, we're going to be excited about it. But as uh, as we learned from last year's head coaching cycle, we were excited about Nathaniel Hackett, you know, like the offense, excited to see what he could do here. Really fun energy. And uh, if it worked out, it was going to be a good time. We got, you know, a few games in halfway through the season and further we got along. Oh, this is not working out. This is uh, he's way over his head uh, here. So always a wait and see process here. You hope you get the right guy, but we're not going to know if we got the right guy for a year from now. Unfortunately, appreciate the, appreciate the stars again, Michael. It wasn't Wolfenstein. It was a it felt like it, there was a cue in there somewhere. It wasn't like Quest. I can't remember what it was, but we played it a lot in the late 90s. Uh, you know, I was an IT manager in a former life, and you hire a 25 year old IT manager, we're going to set up network gamings across your land. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Uh, we got a guy, Richard Miles, with the beautiful bald eagle pick saying, Good morning, guys. Good to see you. Our guy, Dom, saying, Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, Patrick Havner. See Patrick Havner. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Um, we appreciate you. And Art H coming in saying, why all the D'Amico Ryan's hype? I understand he's a good coach, but we had three first-time head coaches and they all failed. I don't want another rookie head coach. Art, you share sentiment with a lot of people in Broncos mm -hmm. country. I personally think that what the Broncos have done in their previous head coaching cycles should not overly impact uh, what they do in this cycle. You got to go at each single uh head coaching interview process with an open mind and not overcorrect. I think a lot of times you see overcorrection in these things and you end up missing the obvious people in front of you. So if he's a, if he's the best coaching candidate and he impressed you the most, the most you got to go with your gut here. You can't just like limit your options to second time head coaches. Now you can have this opinion art. I don't share it with you. I respect yours, but I think that if D'Amico Ryan's is a great head coaching candidate and he sells you on his vision of the team and his staff that he's going to bring in, he should be considered. And again, I think it's art. I think I brought this up because I, I think it's more about the the man himself and the personality. Mm. What I saw from Vic Fangio was he's a mad scientist, defensive coordinator. He was born to be a defensive coordinator. That's what he needs to do. Mm. He is not, doesn't want to be bothered with all of the little things it takes to be a head coach. Man, I just want to coach football. I don't really even want to be like tight with these players. 
I want to scheme them and put them in the right position. I don't want to do the man management part of thing. Hackett, to Nick's point, was a huge overcorrection. It was, we don't want this curmudgeon -y, we don't care about the player's guy. We want the guy who only cares about the player's guy, even if he doesn't know what the hell he's doing or hasn't done anything we need him to do. The sweet spot in there could be a guy like D'Amico Ryans, who is a very good coach, but he's he's also, his his personality is different, that he could, he's got the personality of a head coach where he can make the tough decisions, be a leader, have the vision, run a team. I mean, he's he was a coach on the field for his entire time in football. Um, you know, he commands respect. Did you ever get that feeling? I never got that feeling from Vic Fangio or Nathaniel Hackett that we respected this guy. They couldn't stand Vic Fangio. And with Hackett, it was like, you know, your little brother telling you it's time to do the dishes. You know, I'll, I'll wait until dad gets up. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't care what you tell me. Um, it, it's about the person art. And again, when you're going other directions, Raheem Morris fits for me on this one. Honestly, mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. I wanted someone similar to D'Amico Ryan's and needed somebody and I needed somebody with that experience, I wouldn't have a problem with Raheem Morris. He got his job in his early thirties. It was too early. He was brash. He was cocky. He wasn't ready. He has been humbled. He has worked his way back. 12 years later, he's in his mid forties. He's a grown man instead of an arrogant kid. And he's been successful doing it, man. I, I like Raheem Morris as a candidate too. And we don't talk about him enough. Yeah. He'd be a, I know that Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh are for sure. My number one, and I've said it on here multiple times, but every single person, this, this uh, cycle that they've interviewed, I can close my eyes and be like, yeah, that makes sense. I would totally get that. And I would support that. Now I've definitely joked and been harsher on Dan Quinn. And I probably have share shoulder some blame for the, uh, discussion surrounding Dan Quinn. It, again, it comes back to, Oh, we have big swings, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and then Dan Caldwell. One of these is not like the other, even though he's a fine candidate. That definitely <laughs> set me off. But again, he'd be, I would be fine with him. I know, Scott, you don't want him, you don't wish that for him because people are already against him. Hopefully we can change that narrative some if it does come to that because there is plenty of merit for him. And he's now he has his third uh, head coaching interview uh, here. But we'll see how it plays out. We still got yeah, time. I, I love Dan Quinn, and he's yeah. going to be an unpopular choice no matter where he goes. And I don't, I'd rather have him be an unpopular choice in some place I don't interact with every day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like Dan Quinn and, and y'all are going to tear him to shreds if he's, <laughs> if he becomes, until he gets his chance to do, to, to turn things around, then you'll love him. But the, yeah. the initial reaction, and if he struggles at all, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. And I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be around that every day. Knives out. Uh, We'll see. They love him in Dallas. They love him in Dallas. They're crying about losing him if he does leave. Scott coming in here saying, hi, Nick and Scott. So great to catch you live from Australia. Well, hello, Scott. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well out there in the land down under. Uh, have not been to Australia before, but it's on the bucket list. I did I a... Uh, you have been? It seems like a great time. I, you probably did some scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef. The or first something. time I did, I did an intro dive, uh, the Great Barrier Reef. That was the first time I went. And you can An intro dive just means you're not allowed to go below 30 feet scuba diving no. otherwise it's scuba diving and the great barrier reef you can see a lot at 30 feet yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing my wife and i after grad school we did five weeks in europe and we did it with a company called top deck which is out That's of amazing. australia and uh so and that was during the lead up to the 2014 election cycle let me tell you there's no better place to be than an american surrounded by australians with 
in Europe during that kind of thing. Cause we could just kind of blend in, you know, when we were in England, they could tell our accents were different, blah, blah, blah. But hanging out with the Australians touring, uh, Western Europe, uh, central Europe, great time. And my God, the, the stereotypes about Australians and drinking all true. Oh my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Great time. Uh, we got our guy, Rodney Garcia. Good to see you. Says, uh, good morning. It's been a while. Hope you guys are doing well. We hope you're doing well. We appreciate you. Peter saying, let's go Joe Burrow. I hate the chiefs with a passion. Yeah, it's, I'm tired of the Chiefs as well. Hopefully things, uh, hopefully it's a good game this week. I'm not cheering for Patrick Mahomes to be injured or anything like that, but um, I'm happy that the Bengals have a slight advantage there. And man, Joe Burrow is just a killer. And Scott, what have you said about the Bengals? I'm, I'm done going against the Bengals. I, in, yeah. in not counting their game against, was it the Ravens? Is that who they played in the first round where they were a pretty big, pretty yeah. big favorite? I picked against them last four games. Um, five. Because I picked against them in the in the wild card, divisional, uh, AFC Championship, Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl, so okay. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then this year and this one. One last thing on Australia, going out in the middle of the, the Red Rock out there, Ayers Rock is mm. it's pretty amazing. Um, but out there, we you do like a a night like a star seeing thing, and when you get rid of the light pollution that you have in basically where most of us live in the U.S. The stars are so dense. I thought the clouds, like, where did these clouds come from? I'm like, oh my God, those are stars. <laughs> it's so, so amazing. If it's a, it's a long trip, Chad could never do it. He, he's like, I can't fly more than three hours. Like, yeah, it was a 16 hour flight. Um, it's tough, but we spent two weeks down there and it's Australia is amazing. So appreciate you being here. Yeah. Good morning to you. We got Taylor coming in saying, good morning, fellas. Best morning show. Well, we appreciate that. I don't know what uh, our competition is, but uh, we will take that. No doubt. Jacob Foster coming in. We appreciate you with the stars. Jacob, it's been a bit. I feel like I haven't seen Jacob's name in the morning show in a while. The silent one. It's great to see you. I hope you're doing well. Keith with the comment. Andy Reid getting fired from the Eagles is the last great head coach on the market. I can remember via our earlier conversation. That's the one I was thinking about as well. I didn't get to that point, but I was like, Who, what other coach has been like this? that has been fired. That's been that big of a name. Andy I Reed. thought that way about John Fox. I'm like, you know, he was a John Fox was a he did it for 10 years at Carolina with basically an expand. I think they were he was our first coach with an expansion team. Yep. John Fox was a good head coach. I, I again, going back to the Panthers, I like Ron Rivera. I thought Ron Rivera is a was a good coach for the Carolina Panthers. Um, Again, they have the same success that Sean Payton did. Um, It's arguable that John Fox did. You know, I, I think. I think he's underrated in Broncos country. Yeah, he was okay, but not good enough. Maybe with a little more time, he would have been good enough. I'm not sure, but he was a John Fox was a good head coach. Remember, we're talking about NFC South down here. We we don't win Super Bowls (laughs) until until Peyton won one with New Orleans and and Tampa got their first one with Gruden. The NFC South, those four teams in the South had never won a Super Bowl. So just being good and competitive down here in the history of this league is hard it's that that's an that's an achievement so anyway it's crazy because the college football is so great down there the high school football is a different level but the nfl teams what's going on (laughs) todd smith howdy broncos country good to see you todd we got five dollars coming in from andre i got five on it saying good morning lovely people i played ninja garden a lot (laughs) good good to hear Uh, i'll say and i also think we uh the broncos get sean payton the arizona cardinals get brian flores or dan quinn and the colts Stick with Jeff Saturday. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, Colts are a weird situation, and now there's starting to be more buzz that the Colts, they would like to trade up for number one. Not for Bryce Young, though. Uh, there's some Will Levis uh, buzz on that one. I'd keep an eye on Trey Lance as well. I know that the 
So I have followed some good Colts uh, people and they have a Chris Ballard's the GM there. And they have this thing called the gold level prospect that they have where they like highlight them in gold. And you can see the draft backboard in the 2021 draft um, in the background. They show the players being picked and they're using their, um, their little stickies or whatever the magnets. And you can see pick number three overall gold uh, there for Trey Lance, not Trevor Lawrence, not Zach Wilson, not Justin Fields. Trey Lance has gold on there. So Lawrence Trey Lance, be- yeah, what was that? we're not going to, we're not going to waste the sticker on Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence number yeah. one overall was the surest of sure things in the history of sure things in that draft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so any, waste I, sticker. <laughs> I digress. Yeah, I digress. The Colts really liked uh, Trey Lance. I would be curious if they'd be willing to trade even more to get Trey Lance versus uh, trading up for number one or more interest there. Uh, Cause he, how much is he hasn't what actually is, really what would played it cost you at this point. You're four. I think it would have to cost you four. You're probably, four? yeah, probably four. That, maybe you get expensive. I mean, they poured a lot into it, but they're ready to, they're ready to ship him out over, you know, over Brock Purdy. I mean, again, you play your way into it. If you, it's kind of like recruiting stars. Like, well, this guy was better than this five-star you brought in. Yeah. It's, it's a numbers game. You know, they're not all mm-hmm. going to be right, but if you bring in, a bunch of five stars and the three star outplays him. He's probably playing at a five star level in order to do that. So yeah, Purdy was a seventh rounder, Mr. Irrelevant, but is he playing at that level? And, and, and honestly, that's part of the reason why people just don't want to give up draft picks. Hmm. It's that unknown that maybe I could, I, the hopes and dreams I could hit on it. It could be, it's going to be Tom Brady in the sixth round. It's going to be, I'm getting Kurt Warner out of Walmart or I don't remember what it was. I always say Walmart and people correct me. And, and it's, it doesn't, it's hard to build a team on the exception to the rule. It's yeah. a lot easier to build a team with competent infrastructure in place. A good process. Typically and it was quake. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> quake. Uh, good times. Uh, Deanna Hendry, $20. Uh, thank you so much, Deanna out there. We got Australia coming in. Now we got Alaska coming in saying morning, Scott and Nick. Thanks for starting my day off. Right. Well, thank you for keeping our day rolling. Right. Uh, says, hopefully we hear something this week about Peyton. Hashtag Broncos for breakfast. Yeah, we, uh, we'll we see. Um, there's going to be some news. And again, I keep saying it. I'm, I think all these coaching candidates are of high quality. I'd be okay with all of them. Sean Payton is number one, but he does come with the price tag of draft capital, which makes things difficult. I mean, I'll tell you what. I'm going to miss the – if the Broncos do trade for Sean Payton, I'll be happy, no doubt. But I'm going to miss all the mock drafts because uh, we don't get – third round mock drafts, or maybe the Broncos are giving up all their picks and they're not picking until day three. I mean, who knows? Uh, but I think it was, I just published it or I wrote it yesterday. Chad's going to publish it today, but Bucky Brooks had my guy, Lucas Van Ness fall into the Broncos in the first round. Don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to go earlier. Jeremiah had him going eight, eight. Yeah. He's going to go wide variance, man. He had him eight or 30. I like Bucky Brooks. Daniel Jeremiah is a, uh, more plugged in and I would trust. I, I, I know Bucky. I, I worked with him a lot in California and Seems like uh, a good guy. I, he's a, he's a great dude. I don't know yeah. that that that's necessarily his, his specialty on that one this yeah. early. Yeah. Um, this early it is. Early. It is. It, it, mm-hmm. It's early for these things right now. Deanna, love you. Thank you so much for coming in and getting up with us in Alaska. Andre coming in. He says, good morning, lovely people. That's all. We y'all. got this one. Oh, we did. That's right. Cause Ninja I remember garden. the garden Ninja yeah. garden a lot. Sorry. Let me scroll down. We appreciate you though, Andre. I think we're caught we up on the Andre. Yeah. Uh, we also got Nick coming in. Great name. Nick Cito saying, uh, good morning, fellas. Great show. Love it. I want D'Amico thoughts on him. We've talked about him a bit. Uh, if you guys haven't done so yet, I'll give a uh, public, I guess, uh, endorsement here. Uh, Benjamin Solak at the ringer 
wrote a very long article about D'Amico Ryans and about his time as a player coming up, uh, his relationships and how he's just an ascending superstar comparisons to Mike Vrabel. Biggest thing with me with D'Amico Ryans, and we touched, touched on it a little bit earlier, and we saw it with Nathaniel uh, Hackett as well. You're not just hiring these head coaches to be individuals coming in as head coaches. You're hiring them and who they can bring in around them to correct this team. So somebody who's been in multiple spots that has made more connections in theory should have a easier time cultivating and luring in a better staff. Now the Broncos do have uh, a lot of money. They can probably, we're already talking about paying head coaches above league norms for the league uh, head coach probably can do the same for coordinators and position coaches as well. I mean, why not? Right. If you're going to pay the head coach that much, might as well pay the best staff around them. But which connections does D'Amico Ryans have in the league? Obviously, the San Francisco tree is a great one, no doubt, but it's still short-lived. Uh, it's only been He's only been there for, what, four or five years, defensive coordinator, two years, versus somebody like Dan Quinn, who was in uh, the Seahawks for a number of years, who was with the Atlanta Falcons for a number of years, now with Cowboys two years. In theory, you would assume he'd be able to bring in a more complete staff, having better, longer, tied, and a more versatile uh number of relationships in the league than a D'Amico Ryan's yeah and you no know, and just just the experience and learning I got burned on this one I yeah. I mean I've been through it myself in professionals where you kind of take talent for granted if it's something that you're good at I, I've said a reason why do players why do great players sometimes make really bad coaches it's because they take talent for granted yeah you know so if I can do this everybody can do it and and they just can't and I, I've made the same mistake in my 30s I still make the same mistake. I, 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 I want people to succeed and I don't necessarily vet them well enough, but hopefully with millions and millions of dollars on the line, I would expect Dan Quinn would have learned from that. Rob Bucksbaum comes in. He says, if, if Peyton comes, Sean Peyton, thoughts on Michael Thomas for one year. You want to hit on that real quick before I sh blow it to pieces? Yeah, Michael Thomas hasn't played for a number of years. Uh, he's older. He's on an expensive contract. You might be able to get him for a three or a four maybe at this point for where he's at in his career uh also the thoughts on um, if sean payton comes oh it says he says for one year instead mm -hmm. of i was reading a first round pick it would depend on what it costs to bring him in I'll, let uh, me stop you I'll, I'll blow it up real quick rob okay. um first off he just restructured his contract it makes it really cost prohibitive for the saints to trade him second and more importantly sean payton and michael thomas had a pretty public spat about Sean Payton pretty much openly questioning Michael Thomas's injury. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's bad. Michael Thomas ain't playing for Sean Payton again. <laughs> so, and, and you didn't know that. It's a good question. Like I said, I can, I, can, I can handle this one quick by saying I'll blow this one up pretty quickly. Financially, it's not feasible. Physically, we don't know what we're ever going to get out of Michael Thomas again. And three, Thomas ain't ever playing for Payton again. Yeah, 100%. We got Andre F coming back in. Uh, here with a question. This is something I want to ask you, Scott, because we were in a new era of coaching in the league and you kind of made a point earlier and a name came to mind for me that I wanted to just discuss with you about. So Andre says uh, Joe Burrow is pretty special. Yeah, he is fun kid. Uh, did you see the really awkward video with him and his mom doing the Pledge of Allegiance um, and then him turning? OK, it was pretty. He's he's kind of a goober, which I appreciate. Um, but uh, he comes. Yeah, Joe Burrow is pretty special. Also, Zach Taylor is a good coach. Like Russell winning Russell Wilson, except he's winning. 
he's much cooler than Russell Wilson, but he's know, got I'm still kidding. like a nervous, dorky energy to me as well. Um, but I appreciate that. Uh, not as much as Justin Herbert does, man. Talk, he's, he's the leader of the nervous, dorky energy. Um, but the point here, uh, Zach Wilson, Zach Taylor is a good coach. Who knew? Zach Taylor is a good coach. He's the offensive play caller there in Cincinnati. However, somebody who's very much an up-and-coming coaching candidate that has uh, had some smoke in the league, but he's hard to hire right now. Brian Callahan. Uh, Brian Callahan has been the offensive coordinator there for Cincinnati for a number of years. However, he's not calling plays. We're seeing that more and more in the NFL these days. And I'm curious. So you mentioned the, the lateral move doesn't really happen so much. What about maybe somebody like a Brian Callahan coming in and he's never called plays before. He's still the offensive coordinator, but taking him from a place like Cincinnati where, okay, now you are in charge of the offense. You're not underneath Zach Taylor. You're the offensive coordinator still, but you're the play caller. I mean, is that still considered a lateral move or how does that work? I think you could still block it. Um, If it's co-defensive court or co-coordinator, it's not considered a lateral move because that's what's going on with the saints right now. They've got co-offensive or code. They've got co-defensive coordinators and neither one of them calls the plays. Good Lord. Yeah. So they can't be blocked for uh, a lateral move. Now, I consider calling the plays and actually running game day a promotion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've advocated for a long time. You know, Eric Bieniemy's name comes up all the time. It comes up all the time. Again, all of the reasons I said about, about uh, Nathaniel Hackett, they all fit with Eric Bieniemy. He And he's not even the quarterback coach. He's mm-hmm. the not quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, who doesn't call plays for Andy Reid's system with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Apologies if I don't see that as being a great coaching job. He would do so well. He's probably made, hopefully he's made enough money. You know, coordinator money isn't necessarily uh, FU money for the rest of your life like a head coach job is. But to just step away and, and take another job somewhere else where it's his offense. Mm-hmm. I'm running this thing. That would be the best career move he could possibly make because while he's there, not calling plays, not coaching the quarterback, having Patrick Mahomes he's he's not going to be considered on the same level that he his talent might warrant we don't know yeah well brian callahan's a name that's uh, interested me for a bit and uh, he has not been given the right to call plays yet but i would be curious about him potentially coming up also he has a lot of denver bronco ties uh, he was a coaching assistant in denver in 2010 uh, offensive coordinate quality control coach from 2011 to 2012 Broncos offensive assistant from 2013 to 2015 underneath Peyton Manning. You talk about an endorsement there. I'm sure Peyton has some opinions on uh, Brian Callahan working out there. So uh, I'm, I don't know. That's just, I'm pulling a name out of a hat there, but with how that Bengals team has schemed <laughs> this last year, I mean, they've totally changed how they've done and they've w- talked about also we, Scott and I talked about it yesterday, how good that Bengals team was despite playing three backup offensive linemen and still playing that well and beating the tar out of Buffalo. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with that uh, scheme uh, that the Bengals are running. How much is Zach Taylor versus how much is Brian Callahan? I'd be nervous to uh, hire Brian Callahan for head coach, just based on what happened with Nathaniel Hackett, not the play caller in green Bay. And then getting that promotion and being like, "Uh Oh, no idea what's going on here. But that improvement from non-play calling offensive coordinator to play calling offensive coordinator. I would be very intrigued to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so would he, I, yeah. so would I. And it's again, when you're talking about this, staff you know if you were bringing in a first-time head coach again i might i might want an old grizzled guy on the offensive side of the ball um but talent trumps experience in my opinion 
You yeah. know, we, we see these guys get recycled all the time. Well, he's experienced, experienced, yeah, but he's he had success. You know, give me the young guy, the young talented guy over the old guy who keeps getting recycled over and over and over again. And this isn't an age thing. It's it's an experience thing. I watching this through the years, <clears throat> I said the phrase just because someone has a job doesn't mean they are the most qualified for it. Yeah. Well, he's got 10 years as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, but he sucks. He just keeps getting the same job over and over again. Yeah. You know, so again, how much is he involved? And it could be, I'm not afraid to go in with a first time guy, um, yeah. but it's got to be in the right situation for sure. I'd be real interested in Steichen because Jalen Hurts was not considered an elite quarterback until this year. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't considered Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, any of these, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, any of the elite guys until this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, how much of that Sirianni? I don't know their background. Sirianni could be the, all of it. He may be a defensive guy. I don't know. I don't know the Eagles well enough. Sirianni's an offensive guy. He's from, I can't remember what tree it is, uh, but uh, he's, he's, most uh, of them are. He's, um, he's I, I want to get to Keith here real quick because yeah. I've seen this comment ago and I really like this comment. My worry this with Quinn and Ryan's is a likely change from a 3 4 to a 4 3 on defense while needing to fix the O line simultaneously. Um, you know, I they may have stuff that they're more comfortable with, but there's so many multiple options. And I don't think we give the coaches credit enough. It's like, well, their system is they're NFL coaches. You know, if, if jabronis like us uh, can sit here and talk about, okay, this would be the best thing. These guys who have been coaching defense and playing in multiple schemes their entire lives can probably figure out how to run a three, four, especially over the course of an entire off season and maximize your potential. So, so Keith, I, I love the comment, but it doesn't worry me as much about as that these guys are wedded to a specific system. You'll hear coaches say all the time, some of them are better at it than others. You got to fit who you've got to the scheme, not try and you got to adjust your scheme to the players that are available, not vice versa. You got to learn to coach them. Um, And just to get into some of the specifics of the players here. I mean, I think the Broncos linebacker, most teams are playing nickel. Most of the time, uh, anyway, it's a four-two-five look. Is a four-man front. Yes, it's a four-two-five look. Or sometimes with the Broncos this year, you saw a lot of Penny uh, front here, which was five-one. But I think that a lot of the players here do carry over, and you're going to have to have new bodies in here anyway on a lot of these spots, given the free agency and turnover here. Draymond Jones, he fits either scheme. We've seen him in uh, mostly in three-four, but he'd be a fine. Uh, three technique in a DJ Jones and Draymond would be great as, as interior yep. defensive tackles. In fact, DJ would be better, better served. Your question is on your ends. Draymond yep. could be a big end too. He's the versatile enough to go inside go outside. either side of things, but you got to resign him, you know, again, yeah. at, to Keith's point, I worry about this. The, te- the, 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 the I personnel is not perfect because in a, in a three, in a three, um, in a three, four, you got big questions at outside linebacker at your edges. Yep. Big we questions. Have- we have it anyway. Exactly right. I mean, because we don't, do we trust uh, Baron Browning to stay healthy? Do we trust Randy Gregory? Uh, and I think uh, if you're running to more of a four, three, so Baron Browning has experience as Sam in a four, three and now edge. Uh, he'd be, I think a really good Sam here. That could be a rotational pass rusher in similar to a Micah Parsons role, but not exactly because Micah Parsons is a one of one, but it's a Sam still um, on the line, off the line can do a lot of that stuff. I think Jewel and Singleton would be fine as a Mike and a will in that system as well. Uh, you are going to need more size and mass at edge. Uh, no question in my mind on that one. That's the one that uh, sticks out to me. The more of the seven technique body types versus, you know, the nine, the wide nine rusher who's in the two point stance, but 
again, this is a unit that if we're playing three, four next year, you probably still need another edge body out there. That is that type, because right now you have hardly anybody with length size mass that you trust in the run game. Uh, do you trust uh, Jonathan Cooper there? God bless him. He does his best setting the edge, not his game. Nick Benito is more off ball, uh, second level linebacker against the run than he is an edge setter against the run. So you probably have to upgrade there. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of mocks have the Broncos going offensive line. The other ones, almost every single one of them, have the Broncos going edge. <laughs> so four three three four. I think that's not the uh, the big question with how much turnover you're going to have there anyway this season. My biggest question on the switch from uh, Isiro Evero and uh, Dan Quinn or D'Amico Ryan's is honestly not the front. It's the back. It's the coverage in the end. Uh, we see a lot of uh, cover one and cover three from D'Amico Ryan's and uh, also cover four. Uh, that Robert Salah uh, mold is that cover four. Broncos has mostly been a cover three, cover six, or cover one unit back there. Dan Quinn, cover one or cover two. He's gone away a little bit from that cover three because the NFL is going away from cover three, uh, unless you have great personnel. But uh, mm-hmm. it will be really interesting to see how it all plays out uh, with that. I'm not super worried about the transition from four, three to three, four, though, honestly. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I, I agree. There's it's so much versatility and, and you we don't give the guys credit enough for being flexible. So, and, and would they mold to something they prefer doing over the course of time? Sure. Um, But again, I, uh, I, I I agree. Yep. hundred percent. Andre F saying, what are the Eagles or 49ers doing on defense? Do that. I don't know if you've seen uh, the Eagles are kind of having a Nick Sirianni had a very interesting interview where he was crapping on one of the local radio stations. there, talking about Josh Gannon um, and saying that you guys need to lay off. He's a great defensive coordinator. Uh, Josh Gannon style is much more, of the Vic Fangio cut where it's off coverage conservative on the back end, playing two deep safety shells, not blitzing and getting after the quarterback with a depth, crazy depth on the defensive line and playing with a lead trenches, it, trenches, trenches. Yeah. If you're going to be a blitz happy team, you better have freaking gods in the secondary. If you're going to be a team that doesn't blitz, you better have gods <laughs> in the trenches. So it's wherever you are, sending extra resources you better have better dudes in the other end where you are limiting your options so kind of a different style there uh, 49ers much more i don't think any team is playing as smart and as great in passing off coverages and their assignments as the 49ers i mean the way they are able to throttle down on short routes and close on space is better than any defense in football right now now a lot of that is demico ryan's a lot of that is having three first rounders on that defensive line and then a lot of it is Fred Warner. Uh, we talk about a sample size of one. Nobody is Fred Warner uh, in the NFL right now. I know people like talk about uh, Broncos need to find a coverage linebacker, blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's only one Fred Warner right now. I can't. Yeah. Fred Warner dropped into the seam to cover CD lamb on a streak. That doesn't happen. That's a touchdown waiting to happen. 99 times out of hundred in the NFL. Uh, but Bam X says Vic Fangio is in Philly though, as a defensive consultant, right? Yes, he is. So he's collecting his severance from the Denver Broncos and has been working as a, as a consultant. And, you know, we talk about the scheme in this, you know, is it, was the, the, the scheme for Fangio kind of boring kind of, uh, you know, bend, but don't break. Okay. But with the personnel, they had 70 sacks, (laughs) I still 70 sacks and almost all of them, except for the 16 from their leading sack guy, uh, Hassan Reddick came from their front four. Came from the defensive line. That's unheard of. Fifty-four yeah. sacks from your front four. That that would still probably be second in the league. Mm-hmm. Be probably probably pretty close. So, 
when you can get after the quarterback with your front four and drop seven in a coverage, you're going to be a pretty sick defense. And, uh, you know, people are, why doesn't Fangio have a job? Because Fangio was waiting for the right job. I'll, I'll go be a, I'll, I'll go help out Philly. They look good. Um, now he's, now he's uh, up for a couple head coaching jobs and several defensive coordinator jobs last next year. So Vic will, Vic will be back with a, a coaching title next year. Yeah. Hundred percent, Gary Hoover. We appreciate you coming in, saying the lowly Broncos stomped on the Cowboys' defense last year. I mean, what has Quinn done? I love you guys thinking he's great, but he doesn't wow me. Sorry, I don't think I've ever said that. I think he's great. I think he's a very good defensive coordinator. As far as the Broncos stomping on the Cowboys last year, I made a tongue-in-cheek joke, which anybody who'd know me uh, would know it was a joke, saying that it's just based on one game. But that game showed me D'Amico Ryan's is better than Dan Quinn. You should base nothing on one game, uh, mm-hmm. unless it's the Super Bowl and it's you've already led all those games up to that, and then you know win go home, but. Nothing should be based on one game. Just for example, last year we had the number one seed Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. One game, throw it out. Things happen. This year, we had the bleeping Colts beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Are the Colts better than the Chiefs? No. Anything can happen in one game. So as far as the Broncos stomping the Cowboys, any given Sunday is a phrase for a cliche for a reason. Yep. Sorry to go so hard on you here, Gary. I appreciate the comment coming in. You don't have to be sorry. I don't think... Quinn is a fantastic uh, head coaching candidate either. I think he's fine. Uh, but as far as the basing everything based on or basing everything on that game last year where the Broncos played the Cowboys, I think that uh, is not the way to do it. And I, and I wouldn't say great. I think he's good. I, I think he's going to be a good head coach again. And, and Gary, I've said earlier, I've said several times, I don't, I don't want him in Denver just because I think there would be too much negativity around it. And I really like Dan Quinn. He is a spectacular human being. Um, and he's been successful in Dallas and they love him there. I'd, I'd almost rather him just say, you know what? I'm good here. I'm getting 2 million a year. I'll wait until the right thing comes up. I don't know. But again, there's so much negativity around Dan Quinn that I think it's going to be tough. Um, you know, what's not tough is talking about, uh, Ethan, the DWI guys, uh, coming in hot pink. Appreciate you, Ethan, as always. And he says, great show as always. Thanks to you very much, sir. Uh, note, Benjamin Albright is still reporting that Peyton is coming to Denver on Wednesday night, regardless of what happened yesterday with all the posturing. Again, watch what they do, not what they say. There's there's so much, it, it, not so much in this as, you know, it, we're still talking general manager. We're still talking negotiations, which means PR, posturing is a great word for it, and lying. <laughs> we don't want to show our hand. This is poker, y'all. It's poker. We don't want to show our hand and... and we we've got to try and get the best guy and he's got other options and the, uh, the best guy may have his where he knows where he wants to go, but he's going to try and get the best deal. And all of that involves poker playing. So yeah. try not to get too wound up um, about it too. And Collinwood talking about, you know, the, the one games we beat the 49ers this year. So and yeah, and the Falcons beat the 49ers and the Seahawks as those two played each other. I'm like, yeah, the Falcons were better than these two teams. Again, Small sample size. With a small sample size, I can prove just about any point you want to want to prove. And uh, another classic coaching cliche: matchups make fights. So one team could be a tough matchup for one team and horrible for another. Doesn't mean the distributive property where since A beat B and B beat C, then A beat C. And, C could and be a terrible. Matchup. Strange matchups that has been trending recently that we're going to get to see. Which Bengals one? Chiefs. Yeah, the, the Bengals have owned the Chiefs. They have recently. Yeah. And talk about, man, there was a play in that chiefs game. I can't wait to see what they do with the, so the Bengals use a lot of Scott, cover your ears here, simulated pressure. And they had the bills deep offensive line in hell 
they had one where they only rushed four players and they had, it looked like a cover three look and Von Bell dropped down. And then he rushes the line um, from five yards depth and nobody blocks him. And they get, they get a free rusher with only sending four guys. It was beautiful. <laughs> and on top of that, yeah, they, against the chiefs last year, they got, they got pressure dropping eight into coverage, just lining yep. up with three guys. Yep. And going after and getting pressure. If uh, good yep. lord, I talk about a front four. If I can get pressure with my front four, I'm dangerous. Yep. If I can get pressure with three, it's over, over. Yep. Especially if I jump out to a lead, like the Bengals have done recently. So Lawrence comes. He says, "What about Brian Greasy, guys? Guys, he's killing it right now on a former Bronco. That's definitely someone we have talked about, Lawrence, um, with ties to D'Amico Ryan's uh, young up and comer who would be who is a talented coach." that would be in line for a promotion at his current place that is blocked by someone else right now. Mm-hmm. That could be, that could be uh Brian Greasy. It, it's, it's definitely a possibility. Lawrence Pre- appreciate the stars. I don't worry too much about the former Bronco thing. I, I'm, I'm more interested in would he what be a, the talented right fit for what you're trying to do and Brian Greasy. And, and then from the predictive standpoint, does he have, would it make sense if it was D'Amico Ryan's? Yeah, it would. My biggest thing is I Jasmine coming in says, good morning, guys coming in orange that Broncos orange. Thank you, Jasmine. Hope you are doing well. And thank you as always for all the support you've shown recently and through the last year or so. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jasmine. You're hundred percent correct. Real quick on the greasy comment here. I think greasy would be interesting, but I do think that if the Broncos are going to bring in a first time head coach in D'Amico Ryan's, I'm, I'm okay. Making, I think the first time head coach versus second time or third time, I don't care, but one thing I do think there is to learn off of this Nathaniel Hackett one is he brought in not only first time head coach, I wasn't calling plays. He brought in the youngest, least experienced staff around him <laughs> in the NFL. That did not work. Uh, that was obviously terrible. Um, and uh, then that's, I think you can't bring in a completely inexperienced staff around Demico if he's the direction you go. I which agree. And you'd, you'd, want your, you'd want it to be, if it's a, a newer person, you want the experience to be on the other side of the ball. You know, I, I said all along, and Ejiro Evero has been great, but Dom Capers could have been a good pick, a sounding mm-hmm. board for for that. It, you, you pivoted and went to Jerry Rossberg, who's a guy that's got a ton of experience, but that was four weeks into the season. You do all your work April to August, all of the installs, all of the team building and bonding. By that point, it's too late. Yeah. It, it's too late to do that. So I would want an old head in there as my assistant head coach right away yep right away hence why i keep coming back to anthony lynn but maybe that i mean hell what's gary kubiak up to these days i know he was the head coach for D'Amico when he was the offensive coordinator last thing i want to talk about i know we're at an hour but this one i think is worth discussing jeff duncan who has been somebody who's been he wrote the uh sean payton uh drew Brees book works for nola.com has been breaking news here uh he had a tweet an hour ago saying latest update on sean payton completed his interview with carolina on monday in charlotte and will meet with arizona officials thursday as previously reported, his second meeting with Denver has been delayed. The longer this goes on, the likelihood of Peyton staying at Fox increases. Any worries on that? And thank you, Ozzy, you uh, prompted me to that as well. I had that pulled up to talk about it. Ask yourself, who has what to gain from that, okay? What does Sean Peyton have to gain by having that information out there? Money, power, and- roster control. He, he helps force New Orleans' hand. Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah, he helps force the Saints' hand 
by being willing to make a deal that would be more palatable to some place he wants to go. Would he rather go back to Fox or would he rather get a five-year, $125 million contract? Probably the latter. Probably the latter. Um, doesn't mean it wouldn't be available again next year. But by getting that information out there, he helps he helps put pressure on the New Orleans Saints to get a deal done. Because if he goes back to Fox, the Saints aren't going to get anything for him. Mm-hmm. And it would be like not trading Bradley Chubb at week nine and letting him walk in free agency and getting nothing back for him, not even a comp pick. So that it's, it's, it's all leverage, posturing, bluffing, lying, poker playing. Ask yourself, what does Sean Payton have to gain from getting that information out there? It helps put leverage on the saints to get a deal done. Yeah. Interesting, man, as the, uh, what is the grains of sand? So are the days of our life. That's so are the days of the Broncos head coaching search. And uh, we're going to be back. Uh, I'll be back again tonight. We'll see if there's any new information here that comes out and uh, ready to start getting into this off season discussion and everything. The Broncos better get a, a move on another slow play in it, but the senior bowl is right around the corner. And Scott, just before we get on out of here, what's the senior bowl plans? What's that looking like for our listeners? What is your uh, agenda? So next week I will not be here on Monday. Um, I've got to get my stuff together and get down to Mobile. Tuesday morning, we should still be okay for Broncos for breakfast um, because that would be 8, and they don't start practice till 11 Central Time. Um, we'll do Broncos for breakfast, and then Tuesday night would be building the Broncos. We'll see. I wouldn't mind doing doing something Tuesday night, but then Wednesday morning, we're good, normal schedule, and then Wednesday night – uh, it'll be Nick and I will do a, a senior bowl, a senior bowl talk. And we'll talk about some of the players and we'll probably be talking coaching at the time too. Um, in within a week, that's nine days, eight days. I think the Broncos will have their coach by next Wednesday. So we'll, we'll be talking some of that. And if they have guys down there from the scouting department, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then Thursday, you know, just normal, normal schedule. Um, I'll be on here. What we can do, we can still do morning. So, Looking forward to going down there. Um, I think I got 80, maybe 65 to 70, 80 highlight videos out of the Senior Bowl last year on just about every player. And this should be a bigger and better year. Real exciting. Uh, appreciate you guys coming in and joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook first, we got like 300 people in here. Click a thumbs up. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, obviously only if we've earned it, but we hope that, uh, you guys have enjoyed the show. And if you're not in a place to financially contribute, that's a, okay. Just click the thumbs up on the way out. We really, really do appreciate that. When you do that on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're listening. Also, if you're on Facebook, make sure you're joining our groups at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you're listening to us after the fact, Apple podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review on there. Haven't checked that, uh, in a bit, but I listen to most of my consumption of football and whatnot via uh apple podcasts and i definitely leave a review and i enjoy a show so would appreciate that um spotify apple go leave us a review real quick on that nick i can't tell you how hard it was for me to find where to actually leave a review Mm. it's not at the top where the reviews are you got to scroll all the way to the bottom i'm i I like i was like when i signed in i because i don't i don't use uh an iphone i've got two iphones but i don't use it as my daily I took it to my wife. I'm like, leave me a review. I can't find where is it. And then like, I'm I'm fixing something out of the fridge, and I finally hear coming from the other room. I found it. You got to scroll below later. all the episodes where it looks like there's going to be 120 episodes. But just sc- uh, scroll all the way down, and and uh, 
Aussie Wombat comes in. He says, for Scott Everton, sack the manager. Not just any manager. It was Frank Lampard. Frank needs oh. to go back into the championship and uh, work his way back up, cut his teeth, get some experience. The Premier League looks to be a little over his head right now. Well, hoping the best for Frank. First time um, managers. But, big clubs. Got to look out. Uh, but we appreciate you guys. I'll be back again tonight. Scott and I will again see you tomorrow morning uh, for our new show, Coast to Coast Football. I'm wondering what we'll be doing there. Scott and I will talk at some point today to figure out what's going on there. But uh, we appreciate you guys. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Uh, continue to choose kindness and compassion. Subscribe, like, and share. If I didn't say that already, it's on the ticker underneath over on YouTube. Have a great one, guys. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.